Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillah walhamdulillah salatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Inshallah everyone is doing well, everyone is in good health and with good faith. Inshallah if there's anybody who is suffering from any sort of ailment, or any sort of uh, illness or anything that is testing them, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relieve them and their families. Ameen. So we are in the final two sessions of our beloved Surah Yusuf, alhamdulillah. Um, we are all the way now on verse number 93. Uh, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, there's around 111 ayat. And so we are literally in the last few moments of this amazing, amazing surah uh, of uh, Surah Yusuf. Um, the final two sessions, inshallah, will revolve. Well, in fact, this session will actually uh, end the actual narrative of Surah Yusuf. Okay? Uh, because the final eight or nine ayat is actually bringing us back to the conversation between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So next session, as we finish, inshaAllah, next Wednesday we aim to finish the surah. Next session is going to revolve around the final message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in regards to the surah. Because you'll see the tone shift a little bit. Because this, the surah is entirely narrative, meaning that it is entirely a story from start to finish. And the final seven or eight ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just describes some of the blessings and the ni'mah between, uh, that he gave the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in regards to this entire surah. Okay, So verse number 93. We finished off last Wednesday uh, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was uh, describing the moment in which Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam revealed his identity to his brothers finally after so many years. Um, and they admitted to him, they said, we surely were the ones who were khati'in, we were sinners. And then ultimately Yusuf alayhi salam, he mentions to his brothers, and this is why you know, we, we spoke about this to finish off last session, about the details and the steps and stages of forgiveness that you know, we should have for other people in our lives, right? That Yusuf alayhi salam, he showed extreme prophetic mercy towards his brothers. He would say that no, uh, no reproach or no punishment will be upon you today. Rather, you should actually seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? That, you know, one of the greatest things that a person can do for another that they're trying to forgive is actually make dua for them, 
right? Ask Allah to forgive them, which is one of the most beautiful uh, takeaways that we uh, touched upon last Wednesday. So inshallah, today we're going to be speaking about the reuniting of father and son. Okay, because in the final moments of the narrative portion of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the reunion between father and son, you know, prophet and prophet after so many years. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins by uh, the, the ayah of 93. So in ayah 93, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions and order a command that Yusuf gave his brothers. Okay, he says, اِذْهَبُوا بِقَمِيسِ هَذَا فَأَلْقُوهُ عَلَى وَجْهِ أَبِي يَأْتِي بَصِيرًا وَأَتُونِي بِأَهْلِكُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ So in verse number 93, the Prophet Yusuf السلام, he gives his brothers a very interesting command. He tells them, he says, أَذْهَبُوا بِقَمِيسِ Take with this shirt of mine, take this shirt of mine, هَذَا فَأَلْقُوهُ عَلَى وَجْهِ أَبِي he says, take this shirt of mine and put it, cast it, فَأَلْقُوهُ Cast it, وَجْهِ أَبِي يَأْتِي بَصِيرًا Cast it over the face of our father. Or actually he says, my father, Abi. He didn't say Abana. By the way, one thing I want, I want to be very clear on here is that the Qur'an is very purposeful. There's no, there's no uh, coincidence is the word in it. Okay? That... His word specifically, he says, Wajhi Abi, not Wajhi, Wajh Abi Abana. He didn't say cast it over our father's eyes. He says cast it over my father's eyes, right? Or my father's face. Why did he say this? Because the, the ulama, they say that he wanted to make them known that this was a moment between him and his father. Because you've taken away so many of these in my lifetime. SubhanAllah, you think about it, that for all these years, he's been ripped away from his father. He's been taken away from building these memories, right? And this is, by the way, what regret is at the end of the day, right? When a person is, uh, you know, saddened by missed opportunities, right? Things that could have been, they reminisce about, oh, if I just had some more years, Oh, if I just had some more time, if I just had some more moments. And so Yusuf, in order to teach his brothers a lesson, he's showing them that at this point, he is Abi, my father. Okay, so he says, فَأَلْقُوهُ عَلَىٰ وَجْهِ أَبِي يَأْتِي بَصِيرًا يَأْتِي بَصِيرًا So his vision may return. Okay, so that his vision may return because we know that Yaqub vision had gone away because of the sadness, the huzn that he felt in his life at the loss of his son. Okay, and this by the way, and we will uh, speak about this in just a moment, the miracle of the qamis of Yusuf salam. We touched upon this a long time ago in the beginning of the surah, but inshallah we will wrap it up today uh, with this final moments of, of, of the narrative. And then he says, in the beginning, uh, or sorry, at the end, he says, Okay, and he says, and bring to me all of the family. So after you take my shirt and cast it upon the face of, our fa- of my father, take your father and take yourselves and bring all of you back to me. So he's giving them two orders here. 
Okay? Now, one of the, the most interesting things that the ulama they mention is look at the reflection of the beauty of the shirt of Yusuf alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses many mechanisms uh, in his creation to show us miraculous nature, right? To show us his ability, to show us his azim, right? As we call it. Look at the, and an example of this in the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, look at the birds during amil fil, right? What did Allah use to destroy the armies of Abraha? These tiny little birds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses very interesting mechanisms in order to show us his miraculous uh, abilities, right? And so in this moment right here and throughout the entire surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses one very standard object to prove over and over again the miraculousness of this entire situation, which is the qamis of Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam. In the beginning, it was a testament to the life of the Prophet that the brothers brought back the fake blood, the false blood, right? Dam kathib, the false blood of Yusuf and brought it to the father. And Ya'qub alayhi salam knew from that moment, the ulama, they say that he was alive because this was false blood. He knew that this was not the blood of his son. So his son must still be out there. So it was a, it was a moment of, of, of consolation to the Prophet, the great Prophet Ya'qub alayhi salam. The second one was when the wife of the Aziz ripped the shirt of Yusuf alayhi salam from the back. And so the second miraculous nature of the shirt was the proof of innocence of Yusuf alayhi salam. The proof of innocence of Yusuf alayhi salam. That he was innocent. And it proved that he was innocent at this moment. And then the final the final mechanism of this and the final proof of this shirt was the healing nature that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Ya'qub alayhi salam. That you take the shirt and cast it over the face of your father and all of a sudden he will be able to basiran. He will be able to see again, right? So the final uh, mode or the, the, the use of the shirt of Yusuf alayhi salam was the uh, coming back of the sight of his father Ya'qub alayhi salam. Okay? And so... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, And when the caravan departed from Egypt, okay, so the brothers, they took the shirt of Yusuf alayhi salam, they are now completely in the, in, the, in the known, everything is out in the open, this is Yusuf, we were wrong, he was right. Now we are following through with his command, they take his shirt and they leave, they depart the uh, land of Egypt, okay, Canaan. And by the way, uh, one thing I forgot to mention the other day that I, that I wish I should have actually researched this more and this is something that was agreed upon by a lot of the scholars of Tafasir. They say that the distance between Canaan and Egypt, between Misr and Canaan, was eight days of journey. Okay? Eight days of journey. That was the, 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 the amount of distance between these two places. And so it says, When they departed the land of Egypt, okay, قَالَ أَبُوهُمْ the father said, the father spoke. Now, here's the interesting part. When these boys left, the father was with them or not with them? Where was he? He was back in Canaan. He was not with the boys that went to Egypt. Remember, there were some that stayed back with him and there were some that went to Egypt to basically bargain and try to bring Benjamin back. So, the father back in Canaan spoke as, as the brothers were leaving Egypt. It says, Qala abuhum. 
He says at this point, Inni la ajidu riha yusufa. I feel rih. The word rih in Arabic means the wind. Rih. Okay, it means wind or it means like a little bit of a breeze. Okay. He says, I feel the breeze of Yusuf. Lola an uh, he says, Lola an tufannidun. Okay, tufannidun. Now here's the interesting thing. What does he mean by the wind, the breeze of Yusuf alayhi salam? The scholars, they mentioned that as soon as the brothers departed from Egypt, there was a small little wind that started blowing as they departed. And as the wind was blowing, so was the shirt that they were carrying of their brother Yusuf. And so as this wind and this breeze was blowing, it blew the scent, the smell of Yusuf alayhi salam. And Ya'qub alayhi salam, through the mu'jizah, the miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, caught scent of his son's uh, shirt. Okay. So he says, Inni la'ajidu riha Yusuf. I smell the breeze, the scent of Yusuf. Now, how is this possible? This, you know, travel between Canaan and Egypt is eight days. How, how was an old man? I mean, if anything, as an older person, your sense of smell is fleeing, right? It's not as sharp as it was uh, when you were younger. So, how is it possible? This is clearly and unequivocally the miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no physical way that, you know, Ya'qub could have smelled the smell of Yusuf from a place that was eight days away. It's like saying that, you know, uh, I can smell a person's perfume from Austin, Texas. <laughs> this is stuff you say when you're trying to get married, right? Halal way. <laughs> it's like a scent that you can smell from so far. It's so beautiful, right? So this is clearly a miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gave Ya'qub alayhi salam. Okay? But he says, Lola an tufannidun. Lola an tufannidun. Now what does that mean? Lola an tufannidun. He says to his sons, if only you think of me as tufannidun. Tufannidun in Arabic means uh, senile, crazy, majnoon. Okay, he goes. I can. I, I swear, I can feel the breeze of Yusuf, but I know you're going to think I'm crazy. That's what it means. Okay, because the sons that are with him, they have no idea that these the, the, their brothers departed Egypt. They're sitting here eight days away, and all of a sudden, the father gets up and says, "I can smell Yusuf alayhi salam. I can smell his scent." To a normal human being, the scent is like, you know, if even if you have strong perfume. Maybe like a room away, right? You walk into a room and you smell the musk. It's like a room, an entire room. And even that's like 30, 30 feet maybe. How can you smell something so far away? So the father, he says, But you're probably going to think that I'm crazy. You're probably going to think that I'm senile. You're probably going to think that there's something wrong with me, Right? Um, and, and this is why, you know, and, and by the way, tufannidun, also, uh, the ulama, they say uh, that it could also mean, Ibn Abbas, he says this, he says that it could also mean that you think I'm foolish. I'm foolish. I'm not just old, but I'm foolish. Okay? And this, by the way, tells you a little bit, I mean, subhanAllah, this is something that is, a, you, know, you know, a really interesting reflection here. 
is that it shows you the way that his sons probably treated him, subhanAllah. Right? Oh, you're just a foolish old man. You're a crazy old man. You think about, subhanAllah, how they treated their father for so many years. They would mock him and joke around about him and belittle him and all these different things, right? And it goes to show you, by the way, that there was no prophet of God that came and went that wasn't ridiculed by some people around them. Whether you speak about the Prophet ﷺ, you talk about Nuh, you talk about, you know, Musa or Isa or, you know, Harun, you know, Dawood, all these different people. They, what, what, they were all ridiculed at a certain degree. We think that, you know, the prophets of Allah were these tough, and they were. They were these tough, strong people. But at the end of the day, they were tested beyond anybody in this world was tested. Right? And this is why that famous hadith of somebody, you know, the companion asked the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, who are the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the Prophet ﷺ, he responds, the Anbiya, the Prophets. Why? Because they were the most tested of all of humanity. None of you have gone through anything that they have gone through. Imagine being ridiculed by your own children for an, etern- for an entire t- lifetime. Okay? And just a small note here, important, right? I mean, this is something that is worth mentioning, but, you know, uh, this, 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 you know as, as one gets older, the loss of senses and the loss of, 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 of sanity, it is something that, by the way, in our religion, the Prophet ﷺ asks us to ask Allah to, for protection from. Right? There's a famous hadith in Bukhari where the Prophet ﷺ says a famous dua. And this is reported by Anas ibn Malik where he says that the Prophet ﷺ, he used to say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ajzi wal kasali wal jubni. Right? This is an important dua, by the way, that the Prophet ﷺ used to say. He used to say, Oh Allah, protect me, a'udhu bika, I seek refuge in you min ajzi. Okay, I seek refuge in you from helplessness. Ajizi. I want to be able to be, you know, I want to be able to do things for myself. Wal kasali. What is kasal? It means laziness. I seek refuge in you from laziness. Wal jubni. And I seek refuge in you from cowardice. Wal harami. And I seek refuge in you from feeble old age. Feeble old age. And this is something that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to every single person, right? But the surah that I quoted last week, by the way, is very important. Where he said, you know, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ That there are certain people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reduces down to the lowest, أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ To the lowest of the low. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Except those who believe and they do righteous deeds. Which means that every single person at some point in their life will taste old age. There's no doubt about it. That's one thing that everyone can guarantee of. Young people, elderly people, everyone will be introduced to old age. But the people who are إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ They will not be miserable because of it. They will be pleased with the life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them. You know people who are cranky, old, miserable people sometimes, right? There's a lot of, you know, crankiness and just absolute misery. I don't like anything anymore, right? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the people who are They will be old, no doubt they will be old But they will still display contentment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala There will not be a change of that Okay And so at this point They said to their father You know They said to their father They swear by God They say Certainly, you are in Dalalik al Qadim. Okay, Qadim. Now, this is very interesting. Dalal in Arabic means like an error. This is not the first time, by the way, they accused their father of an error. Where did they accuse their father of an error before? They accused their father of an error, Dalalim Mubin, when they were describing the love that he had for Yusuf. They say, oh, you like your son more than we. Nahnu Usba. We're Nahnu Usba. We're a lot of people. We're young, strong people. But you like this little kid? Inna abana lafi mubin. Our father is in a clear error. And now they say, Inna kalafi qadim. And now you are in, now qadim, the scholars they mention means, you are in your, like your old error. Meaning like you're, you're just in your old ways. You're doing the same thing again. Oh, look at this guy doing the same, always, always doing the same crazy things. Just about his old ways, you know? When a person basically just kind of writes you off as like a, this mistaken person. Oh, he's just doing his old, his old thing again. Oh, she's just doing her old thing again. Oh, they're just in their old ways again. So now they're almost being sarcastic with their father. Oh, look at this old man. He's just in his old ways. He says that he can smell the scent of Yusuf from all the way over here. We don't even know where Yusuf is because, by the way, do these boys know that Yusuf is, 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 is alive in Egypt right now? No. They don't know yet. They have no idea. They have no clue that he's, he, he's even alive. So all of a sudden, their father is saying that he can smell the scent of this, this long gone brother. What is he talking about? Okay? And they met, in, and, and one of the scholars of Tafsir, he mentioned because of the love that, 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 because of your love for Yusuf, you will never be able to forget him. So even after he's gone, you're saying that you smell his scent. You smell his presence. Okay? So the scholars, they mention even more than the, 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 what the Quran, you know, mentions explicitly, that they uttered a very harsh word to their father that sh- they should have never said to a father nor a prophet. They said a harsh word to not only their father, but a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So be very careful with the words that we speak. You know, we may think that, oh man, crazy guy. You know, be very careful with the words that we speak. A Muslim is one who makes other people safe from their lisan wa yad, their tongue and their hands. This is a very serious description of Muslim, by the way. If you call yourself a Muslim, other Muslims have to feel safe from your tongue. And your hands, your actions. If you walk into a room and other Muslims feel unsafe because they think that you might say something about them, you are not doing justice to the word Muslim. Okay? So now at this point, ayah number 96. It says, al-bashiru." Allah says, when the bear, فَلَمَّا أَنْ جَاءَ الْبَشِيرُ 
that when the bearer of good news, Bashiru, comes from Bushra, right? So Bushra means glad tidings. So Bashiru is the one who carries glad tidings, okay? And this is why, by the way, the Prophet ﷺ was called Nadir wa Bashir. Bashirun wa Nadirun. He was a giver of glad tidings, but also a Nadirun. He was a warner, okay? So it says, فَلَمَّا أَن جَاءَ الْبَشِيرُ أَلْقَاهُ أَلْقَاهُ عَلَى وَجْهِ فَرْتَدَّ بَصِيرًا that when the, the, the bearer of good news arrived, he cast the shirt, the qamis, ala wajhihi fa'artadda basiran over his father's face. And fa'artadda, artad means to return. Okay, to return fa'artadda basiran. And his vision returned to him. So they placed the shirt over the face of the father. And the father all of a sudden, now after years and years and years, Basiran. He was one that could see again. He was one that could see again. Okay? And one of the you know, leading scholars, they mention, who was this Bashirun? Who was this Bashirun? The, 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 the one who brought the shirt. Who was he? The majority of the ulama, they agree that it was the son Yehuda. It was the older son Yehuda. Now there's a very beautiful reason as to why. There's a, the great Imam As-Suddi rahimahullah. He says, this is incredible, subhanAllah. I, I, this, is, this, this sends chills down my spine when I, subhanAllah, read this. That As-Suddi rahimahullah, he says this was, what you, this was Yehuda, the oldest son, that who brought the shirt to restore the vision of his father Yaqub. Why? Because it was he who brought the stained shirt of Yusuf back when he was a child. That it was the same brother who brought the shirt that was stained to prove Yusuf's death back years and years ago. So he, will, he wished to erase that error with this good act by bringing the shirt of Yusuf now to do right by his father. So years ago, he was the one that brought the fake blood to raise the blood pressure of his father. And this time he brought the shirt to ease the heart of the father. How incredible. Islam is poetic. It is poetic. I did something wrong years ago, so I'm going to now right this wrong. And this proves again, by the way, another very important principle in our religion. Where Allah subhanahu, or the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, he says, be aware of Allah wherever you are. Follow up a bad deed with a good deed. What does tamhuha mean? Anyone? So that it can replace it. Wipe it away. If you are fearful of your sins... Do good deeds. It'll wipe them away. The Prophet is saying it. Do good. It'll wipe your sins away. What is the point of sitting at home and wallowing about your sins? Oh, I'm this bad person. I've done X, Y, and Z. I'm so sinful. I'm so mistaken. I'm sitting here complaining about how bad my life is and how bad I've been in my life. The Prophet says, well, get a move on. Do something about it. Islam is a religion of proactivity. You can't just sit there and tell yourself how miserable you are. 
Do something. Every day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you as a day of waking up is a means of you going and doing something good with your life. And the proof is right here in this ayah. The brother who did this so long ago, years later, a person could have said, oh, that was 30, 40, 50 years ago. What's the point of me doing something good now? No. What kind of thinking is this? He tried to do something good for a sin that he did years ago. Think about mistakes that we make a day ago. Some of us forget to pray our, 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 our salah and we're too lazy to do qada. We forgot to pray fajr, we forgot to pray dhuhr, and we forget to do qada. Oh, I can't believe I missed fajr. Oh, I can't believe I missed dhuhr. Oh man, it's gone now. Brother, it's still within 24 hours. Do your qada. And in the Hanafi madhab, you still make up your salah even from years ago. <laughs> so if you feel bad about it, make it up. You miss salah from the ages of 17 to 18, get to it. <laughs> Start it up. Now is better than ever. Alhamdulillah, if you die tomorrow, at least you die trying. At least you didn't die saying, woe is me. I'm done for. I missed a whole years of prayer. At least you started the road to recovery. So, Wipe away a bad deed with a good deed and it will replace it. And so this brother, he brings this shirt of Yusuf to his father, Basiran, so he can see finally. And as soon as Ya'qub could see, he tells his sons, Qala alam aqul. لَكُمْ Beautiful statement. He goes, did I not say to you? He says, أَلَمْ أَقُلْ Did I not say to you? لَكُمْ Did I not tell you that I know things that you don't know? <laughs> Remember when he said this? 10-15 ayat ago. He said, that I know things from Allah that you do not know. And he says, هَذَا this is the ilm min Allah ma la ta'lamun that you didn't know about. You thought Yusuf was dead. I knew Yusuf was alive. And this is what I told you. I knew he was alive. This is the reassurance that Allah has given me. Okay? That I know Yusuf will return to me. Right? That I smell his scent. Okay? So now this is when the brothers collectively, Jami'an, all of them collectively, they say to their father, قَالُوا يَا أَبَانَا أَسْتَغْفِرُ لَنَا ذُنُوبَنَا إِنَّ كُنَّ خَاطِئِينَ They say to their father, Oh, our father, ask forgiveness from Allah for us. أَسْتَغْفِرْ لَنَا ذُنُوبَنَا For our sins. Indeed, إِنَّ كُنَّ خَاطِئِينَ And we've surely been of the sinners. So now they're begging their father for mercy. And not only begging him for mercy, what do they do? They say, oh, our father, astighfir lana. Make, make, make dua for us. Ask Allah to forgive us. You, we, we are wrong and you are right. When there is a person who's more pious than you, ask them to make dua for you. You know, they say this, by the way. This is a very famous uh, tradition. And a lot of people ridicule. I don't know why. This is very bizarre to me. You know, like, subhanAllah. You know, this is why I, I'm, I'm going to say this off the record. This is not off the record. It's not the, on the record. But inshallah, it'll be okay. <laughs> really, I, I find a big problem with young people who try to, like, outsmart elders sometimes. Like, with their wit and their, their cleverness. 
Oh, uh, why do you, uh, you leave the Jainamas open? For what? Did the Prophet ever do this? Ah, why do you do stuff like that? Oh, you're this old crazy person. Can you, as a 15-year-old, can you please, Chupkar, for a second? You live 15 years old, you've lived 15 years of your dumb life versus this 80-year-old person. Can you admit a little bit that he knows a little bit more than you do right now? You know the, the, you know the curse of youth is actually just, just, just arrogance? Seriously, it's one of the diseases of youth. It really is. I'm 15. Ah, oh, my parents are old, you know, traditional migrants from Pakistan. What do they know, these crazy people? They're coming here, folding their jainamas, not cutting their nails at night, right? All these things. I mean, did you once ask why the jainama should be folded instead of trying to like belittle your parents because they tell you that? Ask them why. For once in your life, ask them why, you smart person. Because a place of salli, a place of salah, should not just be left out in the open like that. Fold it, make your room look nice. <laughs> because a place of prayer is a sanctified place. If you're praying Fajr, and then all of a sudden praying, playing your haram video games on the same prayer rug, <laughs> there's, there, there's something going on here that's not, that shouldn't be done. You understand? And of course, I'm not saying that like there shouldn't be an explanation. But for once... For once, ask why you're being asked instead of saying, oh, you're just this wrong person. Right? And, and, and wallahi, this is something that we should actually, as young, young people, if there's anybody that's older than us, we should do this. Wallahi, we should. Like one of the best things you can do is ask people that are older than you to make dua for you. Make dua for me. Make dua for me. Please. I do this, by the way, with my grandmother. My grandmother, mashallah, 90 years old. Way closer to Allah than I am. <laughs> You know, she may not have studied Islam. She may not have, you know, served as an imam or a, you know, a teacher or whatever you want to call it. But she is much closer to Allah than I am. The least that I could do is ask her, oh, Dadi, please make dua for me. Seriously. Please make dua for me. Her duas are probably so much more beautiful than mine, honestly. Okay. So they asked their father, استغفر لنا ذنوبنا إنك كنا خاطئين. قال سوف أستغفر لكم ربي إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. And he says in response to them, he says, سوف أستغفره أستغفر لكم ربي أن إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. I will ask my Lord for forgiveness for you verily, ربي إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. Indeed, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is غفور الرحيم. This is one of the coupled names of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. تواب الرحيم غفور. You know, these are these are moments of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's names being coupled, right? الرحمن الرحيم, right? Um, so he says that I will make dua for you. One of the scholars, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, by the way, radiallahu anhu, he says something very interesting here. He actually adds a note here in this ayah. He says that Ya'qub alayhi salam actually did not uh, fulfill their request until the latter part of the night. Anyone know why? Take a guess. This is beautiful. Why did he not uh, make dua for his sons until the latter part of the night? Think about it for a quick second. Why would he wait? Because this happened clearly. If Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is saying that he waited till the latter part of the night, this happened in the earlier part of the night or even in the daytime. What is in the latter part of the night? Very good. In those latter parts of the night, the dua is that much more beautiful. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he says that he actually waited until the latter part of the night to make dua for his son's Forgiveness.
So not only is he concerned about their forgiveness, he's concerned about how quality heavy his asking Allah for forgiveness is for his son. Can you imagine the mind-blowing thing? A father that's so upset with his sons could be like, yeah, you're lucky that I even make dua for you, man. <laughs> you're lucky that I'm even raising my hands to make dua for you. Not only that, he is keeping himself awake till the latter part of the evening to make sure his dua is accepted by Allah. And how old is he? Is he young or old? He's old. He's old. Think about the ihsan that the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have. This is incredible. Incredible. Okay, so now the next portion, inshallah, we'll end in the next 5-10 minutes. Verse number 99. They say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَى يُوسُفَ أَوَا إِلَيْهِ أَبَوَيْهِ وَقَالَ دْخُلُوا مِصْرَ إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ آمِنِينَ When they entered before Yusuf, فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَى يُوسُفَ أَوَا إِلَيْهِ أَبَوَيْهِ he took his parents to himself. So now we go back, you know, uh, Yaqub is Basir, he can see now, he can see clearly now. He has forgiven his sons, he's making dua for his sons in the latter part of the night according to Abdullah bin Mas'ud. And now they travel back to Egypt and when they enter before Yusuf Ali, and I want you guys to picture this by the way, I want you to picture this in your mind. You know, when you're young and you see your parents, when Yusuf last saw his dad, what did his dad look like? He's a, you know, strong man, right? Even if the narrations say that he was a bit older during this time, when Yusuf was a child, he was still younger than he was now. You know, it's, you could say in his 50s, right? Even when you're in your 50s, right, you have some strength on you. And the last time he saw him, he was in this state. And now when his father walks into his court, he's now being carried by his sons. Can you imagine like the view of not seeing your father for 40 years and seeing him now as an elderly man, he probably has a cane that he's walking with. He's being supported by his brothers and he sees him walking into the court. I mean, this is enough to reduce a grown man to tears. This is enough to just reduce a, a, a person to tears seeing this. So he says that when he entered before his son, awa ilayhi he took his parents to himself. Okay? Not only his father, but his parents. What does that mean? Also, his mother as well. Now here's an interesting conversation. We said a long time ago that there was an opinion that his mother had died. Right? And, you know, the, 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 uh, there, there's another mother now that Yaqub married. But the leading... Uh, opinion actually is that the mother of Yusuf السلام, was actually she was there. Okay, so Yusuf's mother and the father Yaqub he brings them uh, and he says to them, He says to his parents, He says, Enter Misr, enter Misr, enter Egypt, and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, aminin in security. Okay, now why did he mention aminin by security? Because what they had left was quite the opposite of aminin, it was insecurity. Because what was going on in, over in Canaan, everyone? What was happening? What was happening in Canaan? 
while, while they were in Egypt. Why did, they even, why did the brothers even come to Egypt in the first place? To seek food, because there was a famine. Very good. So leave what you were with in Canaan and enter Egypt, insha'Allah, aminin. Okay, and by the way, this uh, you know is is another moment in which the scholars they mentioned that Yusuf Adihisam asked his father and his brothers to come and what live in Egypt now, leave Canaan and come live with me here, live in Egypt. I have a job here. You know, this is you know a beautiful moment, and this is something that you know young people should, by the way, dream of. By the way, is to somehow, some way, take care of their parents in old age. Right? What's the famous dua? What's the famous dua, guys? Rabbir. Very good. Have mercy upon my parents as they had mercy upon me. Kama rabbayani sagira when I was a kid. Rabbir hamhuma kama rabbayani sagira. Have mercy upon them as they had mercy upon me when I was a child. Sagira. You know, this, this culture of, you know, throwing parents in a nursing home, it's very, like, alarming. You know, my wife actually uh, worked for a certain amount of years uh, at a nursing facility. And she said, I mean, some of these elderly people that are here, I mean, they have perfectly fine sons and daughters. Perfectly fine. Making tons of money. But they're here by themselves sitting every day of their lives. 70 years old, 80 years old. They have grandchildren that they don't see. It's just more convenient to put my, my mom in a nursing home. And this is why, like, you know, uh, when, when, when my parents first moved here, I mean, they, they thought this was absolutely ajib, bewildering. People put their elderly parents in nursing homes? You just drop them off like children at daycare and leave them there? Astaghfirullah, man. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this. I know there are cases, obviously, where you know, elderly, some elderly people may need professional care. That's different. That's different. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that's not a, that's not a reasonable you know, explanation. What I'm saying is this common culture of just dropping our elderly people in these nursing facilities and just leaving them there. My wife would tell me, she said, these kids, kids, by the way, I mean like 30, 40-year-olds. <laughs> They're not children. They'll come visit their parents once a year. Once a year. The one that literally sacrificed money, tears, energy, life for you. And like, you barely have time to see them. SubhanAllah. And it works both ways, by the way, guys. It works both ways. In America, there's this culture, oh, you're 18, get, get out of this house. You're 18, leave. Jao. <laughs> time for you to go. And I know some of the young people sitting here, they're like, oh man, I wish my parents would let me go at 18. You know what? When you're 18, you come back and tell me if you miss your parents or not. That's why I tell every single young person that I've ever met in my life, your dream is to get away from your parents when you go to school, when you go to undergrad, college. Go spend that first night in your dorm. You'll start crying like a baby. You'll start crying like a baby. All those complaints you had about your parents, God, I would, I would do anything to get even one of those days back. I know why, because kids have cried to me about it. Their egos won't let them admit it, right? Ah, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm this, you know, I'm this wise college scholar now, right? Habibi, you were crying in your dorm room last night <laughs> because you were eating ramen instead of beautiful dal chawal at home. 
Free food, huh? Such a blessing. We have to we have to be able to treat our parents properly. Wallahi, you know, you know, Allah says, After Allah commands you to believe only in Him, He says, and be good to your parents. What do you what does that say? Right after, right after the command of believing in Allah, only Allah, the second command from Allah is be good to your folks. What does that tell you about the ranking, the hierarchy of commands? Allah doesn't say, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّا وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ وَالصِّيَامِ وَالْحَجِّ He goes, oh yeah, yeah, that, that stuff will come. If you're not good to your parents, none of this stuff matters. Can you imagine? SubhanAllah Rabbil Azim. Allah protect us. And so, we'll end here inshaAllah. Um, yeah, this is a good place to end inshaAllah. We will, we will continue uh, next week with verse number... Uh, 100, inshallah. Great place to start, inshallah, next week. So we will uh, begin there uh, and we will end the surah, inshallah, uh, with the final verse of 111. If Allah allows us to do that. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we ask Him to allow us to reflect more and more on His Quran. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be people of reflection. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be people of iman. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be people of goodness, of good deeds, and also good intentions. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be good to those who He has given us in our lives, the responsibilities that He has given us, the parents that He has given us, the children that He has given us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to fulfill their rights because this is one of the, the rights of, of our family is that we fulfill those rights for them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us all. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik wa nashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu alayk. Wa jazakumullah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhum.